1: Welcome to our little live pod, and welcome to our very, very special guest. Um, hold on, hold on. Welcome
3: to our live pod in association with Guinness, here at the Bear Pub <laughs> hey, in Twickenham.
1: Hey, don't get me doing the intro if you're going to take over and well, alpha me. You're you the gotta, one with the notebook. You've you, gotta, you do it. Get it right. Um, welcome, everybody. This is better. To this yeah. Guinness
3: live pod at the Bear Pub in Twickenham. Thank you all for turning up. We have a special guest with us. David, will you do the introduction?
1: Our special guest, everyone, is Brian Blessed, is Justin Harrison, 34 caps for the Wallabies, famous for a few things. One, nicking the ball off the Lions at the end of the series, ruining everyone's lives from over here. You're welcome. Getting into a spat with Austin Healy and Austin calling him the plank. And he's he's called Justin Harrison, but we all call him Goog. And I think that's because in Australia, a bad egg is called a Googie egg and Goog, in his younger days, used to basically try and punch the chin off everything that moved and he was regarded as a bad egg. Was that about right, Googie? That's
4: pretty close, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. it's... um, And I have met someone that's called Googie Egg as well and I thought, oh, mate, are you a bad egg as well? And he said, no, it's because I get laid all the time. So I thought, well... (laughs) (laughs) Touche. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Hi. Hi, everyone. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's not why they called you it, mate. I wasn't
3: going to say. I wasn't going to
1: pipe up. Goodbye, <laughs> <but>, um, <laughs>
3: Guinness as a sponsor.
1: <laughs> thank yeah.
3: you all to come to my birthday party as well. It's my birthday <laughs> day, so, so thank you. Oh, yeah, it's Tommy's birthday. Thank you. Thank you. Um, not you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Um, that's so how much, you know, so much I love you. That's how so much I love the podcast. I'm working on my bloody birthday.
1: It is um, worth, actually, going on Instagram and looking at what some of Shanks has got some mates outside of rugby, which I always find weird. Like he's got some Norms as mates, and has he got
4: any in rugby?
1: No, he's got any in rugby. Because <laughs> the thing is, once you get to know him, he's difficult to spend a lot of time with in sort of anything but sort of short periods. But he's got these mate, mates from Wales, um, and they've posted some really nice pictures of Shanks on his birthday from over the years, looking just awful. Um, and it's one of those things. Like this morning in bed, we shared a room last night. We often do. There's a cock and there's a cock up with our booking, but we're very happy with that. And Shank showed me these pictures, and he was like, look how terrible this one is, and this one, and this one. And I had to say, mate, that is just what you look like. That's what you look like <laughs> now. That's what you look like every day, mate.
3: There is there's actually a photo of me with a mullet, believe it or not, um, which, you know, if, if it, I could grow any hair whatsoever, it would be a mullet again. Uh, but it's a ginger rug on my head. Uh, it looks absolutely, that one does look terrible, but.
1: That is, that's properly
3: but bad. But we've all read the book, The Ugly Duckling, now look at me, all right? Swan. Visual, visual jokes always
4: work well. Good. Can't <laughs> yeah. see it,
1: <laughs> oh, look
4: at Everyone's this. Everyone's like, what? Yeah, okay.
3: What, cool. have you been, what have you been up to this week? Busy week for you. I've been very
4: busy, yes. Um, prostituting myself around to the various rugby well, lunches. Glad <laughs> well, there's doesn't end to that <laughs> it's, one. It's been hard. Um, oh, look, you know, it's always a special week. England, England I mean, every test match is, is, is important at Twickenham, but certainly Australia and England have, have a certain history. Given that, we we sort of the convict history, and you guys have claimed to, well, not you, English claimed to have invented the game, so there's always that. Um, but it's an important week for Australia, obviously, given that we're under the under pressure, and we've got a team that's trying to rediscover how to how to win. You know, and England are starting to 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 do that. They played well against New Zealand, they're indifferent against Japan, but they did enough to win, and and they're looking to clearly finish uh, this um, spring series with a with a a convincing win at Twickenham, which is a pretty boring answer, but um, right. Let's get that's back what off what the we good, yeah. that, you <laughs> know, mate.
1: Um, you look, in, you actually look in. When I say quite good shape, I don't mean like you're working out. Clearly not, but I think you look in pretty good shape considering I know what you were doing yesterday <laughs> and last night. So you want to tell us a little bit about that? Because you were at the East India Club, weren't you? I was at
4: the East India Club. Yes. Yeah, my shape's pretty good. I'm, uh, I'm doing quite, uh, quite a good impersonation of Pregnant Snake um and uh yeah look i'm just sort of i'm just a stretched out version of an unfit person really yeah um
1: you've got so much more room to hide it though haven't you
4: yeah well yeah. It's, i soon discover it when i look down <laughs> but um no yesterday was interesting east india club full of full of um the toffee noses of uh, of english rugby it was a very good good experience uh, one that was gladly over pretty quickly for them um and last night i found myself at notting hill uh, at a, at a, a little um, restaurant, enjoying some English hospitality for a little while. Who were you with?
3: <laughs> Did you meet up with any ex-players? Or
4: uh, I met up with little George Gregan, Yeah, who looks 21 years old still. Amazing. Um, Amazing. And just quickly, you know, we'll, we'll go there just very quickly. So, you know, the the team dichotomy. You know, we talk about senior test caps. Kind of works out where you sit on the bus. Uh, that sort of thing. You get respect, and the further back up the bus probably the more senior you are those sorts of things first blokes to eat all that so George Gregan one of the things about George Gregan that I learnt very quickly is to never be caught in the shower block at the same time with him Yeah. it was very intimidating for a yeah. small bloke very intimidating just don't do it uh, Yeah. very good player uh, very fine athlete uh, across the park so yeah. But and a good bloke
1: the thing well. we don't want to go into too much detail about George Gregan naked but the thing I've noticed <laughs> is that when you're in the shower with George, it's like you're in the shower with George, and he's got an identical twin doing a handstand in front of him. <laughs> that
4: is a visual we can go to. <laughs> it is. Uh, it
1: is what you might call advanced weaponry.
4: Well, I'll give you. I'll give you, and we'll finish quickly with this theme. We probably should get off it of before we get arrested, but. So players, all, you know, you get a piece of each other in the shower, but I'll give you one story quickly. Um, you know, p- definitely the worst place I've ever played in my life was a place called Hoik, um, uh, which feels like exactly what it sounds like, a big flamball. <laughs> um, but uh, we, played, we played against the Border Rivers on the Brumbies development tour, which was the first professional tour for Eddie Jones, uh, that little half-baked coach that you blokes have got uh, at the moment, um, and women, Uh, I've got, and uh, so Tapper Henning is refereeing the game, if you don't remember who Tapper Henning is, he's the world's greatest cheating referee known to man, and we're playing this game and it was basically an 80 minute fight in mud, and uh, we all finished the game, I finished it with trench foot, it was just such a shithole, (laughs) Uh, and during the game I'm into him, you've lost control, this is shit, you've lost control mate, get control, and he's like, okay, well you have 10 minutes to think about the control. Piss off. I was like, okay, back into him. You lost control. So we're having a shower afterwards, myself and a bloke called Rod Kafer, who I always felt pretty good about having a shower at the same yeah. time with. So you've always got one at your target to he- head yeah, yeah. into. Yeah. green uh, so buddy. I'm feeling pretty confident. Duncan Bell. Yeah. Yeah, yeah your yeah. belly. Yeah. Measy. Uh, so <laughs> then uh, Tapper Henning rolls in with his towel and says, oh, do you mind if I have a shower with you? Uh, he spent a bit of time in Australia, so he's got a bit of an Australian accent. <laughs> what part of Denmark was he from? <laughs> yeah, he went through India. And, uh, uh, yeah, no worries, mate, Work, crack on. So he he drops his towel, and straight away you knew that there was something wrong. Um, there was a fourth person in the room, uh, and he, he walks past me, and I'm, I'm, I'm like, don't look, don't look, don't, I can't, I have to look, I have to look, and I'm just going to look. So he walks past me slowly like John Wayne, and turns around at his at his shower cubicle and caves there like way out of the picture. I'm thinking I'm done here. He's smoking me, <laughs> and he looks at me and says, "Who's in control now, eh?" <laughs> 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 well, uh, you. So that was new respect for for a ref, for a referee. So. While
1: we're on the subject. Should we get off this subject (laughs) let Yes, get off it. (laughs) Let's let's talk
3: about uh, Eddie Jones, okay? Because we had Justin Marshall a couple of weeks ago, and uh, he gives a a lovely story about Eddie Jones and the Champ saga. Champ. Have you you spent much time with him? What's he like? Uh, I mean, to to me, he looks like he really needs to shave his head at some stage.
1: (laughs) He needs to bite the bullet, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. He's still clinging on. Like geography teacher fuzz going on.
3: Yeah. (laughs)
4: He'd be checking the weather report every day. Blokes with Wispy Devon hate a drizzle. Yeah. You, you would know that when you were I'm, losing I'm, yours. You're like, ah. Oh, completely. A little bit of moisture is really going to expose my Devon patch at the moment. J.B. Roberts hates
3: it at the moment. Yeah, he,
4: yeah. Um, yeah, he's, it's a bit like touch. It's like, it's like uh, when you tell your infant child not to touch something hot, but they just can't help it. Like, Eddie Jones is kind of like that. He's like, you, you don't want to spend much time with him, but you do enjoy the small parts of time that he gives you um, some motivation and probably mixed in with a lot of abuse, um, which kind of gets a result from most players. Some guys react to it well. He's very good at pushing the button and finding out what's going to make you work harder for him, um, whether it be talking, and quite often you'll have a conversation uh, with him for about seven minutes. He'll know everything about you and you'll come away knowing nothing about him. Um, and you'll be like, like Hannibal Lecter in a way. Yeah, yeah, he's very... Very, very good at uh, that mental preparation and finding out what makes blokes motivated.
3: I, I believe. I might be wrong, but I believe. I think it was yesterday or the day before. 15 years ago, England might have won the World Cup. I, I can't honestly remember. Eddie
1: Jones was coach. 15 years, four days.
3: Yep. You were you were playing in that game. Uh, what are your memories? Do you remember it? Well, I do now that English Rugby tweeted a
4: a footage of old mate Johnny. Knocking it over on his right foot, and I'm the bonehead trying to charge the kick down that can't get there in, in time, and I'm also the bonehead that missed the tackle on Matt Dawson at one, which made Oh, me are dead. you? Yeah, 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 that's me. <laughs> <laughs> I'd You're be welcome famous for something.
3: To be fair, <laughs> to be You're fair, welcome.
1: he's very ex-
4: he's very powerful after an hour and a half. You're welcome. But um, so Eddie Jones, I mean, your arms
1: are five feet long each. How'd you miss him? Oh, just, I was never able
4: to tackle. Just people just tripped <laughs> just, over just me. Just quickly,
3: your quads look massive in that as well, when you're charging down that. Yeah, yeah. I, Very impressive. I never
4: missed leg day, no, ever. Tuesday never.
3: was my leg day Quad special. Quad
4: father. Um, so Eddie Jones, on that tour of the Brumbies uh, development tour, so back when we used to have fun playing rugby and you're allowed to have something other than a cappuccino, uh, we'd have court sessions, and uh, everyone had nicknames in the court. And so Eddie's was, and he'll be very pleased that I'm bringing this up, uh, he, he, was, he was Tattoo from Fantasy Island. You know, I never watched Fantasy Island. You know, the little, the little kid that used to run in and go, the plan, the plan, boss, the plan. So we'd do a court session, and uh, he, every time he, had to, he wanted to say something, he would have to start with, the plan, the plan, boss, the plan, the plan. <laughs> And I was judge. And so we're sort of two, week two of this tour and we've had a few court sessions and a bit of a crack at it. And he worked out if he didn't say anything, he wouldn't have to say de Plan de Plan. So then every minute and a half as judge, I'd ask him a question, which he had to answer yes or no to, but he definitely had to say de Plan de Plan de boss <laughs> beforehand. So, uh, but that lasted for one tour and then he turned into the national freak that he is and uh, no one speaks about it ever again.
1: That's it. Uh, the first time I... Uh, met Eddie Jones was on a plane down from Newcastle watching a Premiership game and he'd just got the England job and he's like oh go on you've got just some. just space? quickly ta- you're talking about tattoos so that, how's that's,
3: everything that's, just quickly with you that's Nick just know. So people know so that's Nick Knack from um, the man with the golden gun yeah I didn't know that but there we are
1: that's, that, is, that
3: is interruption overruled sorry I didn't know where it was
1: but Shut I thought out, people mate. might want to know um. <laughs> oh yeah he looks like me. he got him now. He? <laughs> 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 no, he looks like Maisie, didn't he? He's like a little, um, he's a funny little one, like Maisie. There he is. It's a, it's Shanks, what's his name? It's Emil or Herve? Herve something, isn't it? Have a look on his actual real name. Um, it's Eddie Herve Jan's. something because I used to call Maisie Herve. I'm Nick sure. Nick it was. Tattoo. In, um,
3: Eddie Jones. Nick knack it was in in <laughs> James there Bond, is. and uh, I went to an evening with Roger Moore before. Excuse and he, me. Yeah. <laughs> with a what? <laughs> no, you're Sir Roger Moore, <laughs> and he said that before uh, Roger Nick <laughs> Knack was the, the dirtiest bloke he's ever met no way um, just a b- bit of insight for you because that's what you get
4: is that a gram? that's the shitter story now to carry me. on and then the bus left
3: carry on
1: <laughs> Now nah, forget it mate you ruined it alright fine oh come on Dave I've actually forgotten alright uh, he, wa- he goes I can't, remember, I can't remember I was talking about Eddie Jones wasn't I meeting Eddie Jones Yeah, I was on the plane he walks past he goes hello mate how are you I said I'm good I'm flat I know who you are you're a mate of Bothers, aren't you? Yeah. He goes, "You're the funny one." Well, you think you're funny, I don't. <laughs> just kept walking. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> uh, it was a plane packed full of rugby fans, and like the and whatever team it was, Sarries whatever, were flying back on the same plane. I think all the refs on it, everyone's on it. So don't He's fly. like, "I don't," and just walks. So anyway, I never liked him. So I so like he, him now.
4: So Eddie Jones, the sort of guy that this bloke, is, he could bring grown men to tears, right? And you know, there's two scenarios. Either you either do your pants up incorrectly, start crying instantly, or you speak to Eddie Jones in a one-on-one after a test match. So Matt, Matt Dunning, who's the world's fattest prop ever to lace a professional rugby boot, besides Ollie LaRue and you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. um, so we work, we're, we're doing the gym thing, I'm in the squat rack, and uh, Matt Dunning goes in for his one-on-one, and then poof, we're up against the wall because we know it's going to be pretty special. <laughs> and all we hear is quiet, quite quiet. Yeah, fucking hell. You're not going to fucking cry again, are you? (laughs) And and so then he goes, stand up. And we're all shit, footsteps, door. He he Frog marches Matt Dunning out to the gym where the the mirror is. Puts him in front of the mirror. Stand in front of that. Lift your shirt up. (laughs) Lift it up. And we're like, oh, what's going on? Bottom lip going, bit of a tear. (laughs) Lifts his shirt up and Viva goes... Can I, I can swear, can I? What yeah. the fuck is that? <laughs> you expect me to fucking play you to play in my team with that shit? <laughs> Have a look at that. And then walks away. <laughs> and like Tucky's like that. Uh, 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 and just leaves him standing there with his shirt up. So,
3: great bloke. He was fine. Fu- he was... <laughs> Matt Dunham was faster, wasn't he? When he got ball in hand, he, yeah, was, yeah. he could he was run pretty quick. as well. He was pretty quick. The bacon
1: sarnies are coming out, guys, by the way. Just uh, another visual.
3: What about you? What about court <sighs> sessions that uh, you remember? Were you, anyone dressed up?
1: Oh, yeah. Sorry, as, as we're going on, uh, dear listeners, yeah, carry on. with the, We'll have a we'll the bacon sarnies up here, actually. just don't want to be rude to our guests, but can we go first? Thank you. Um, right, thank you. I couldn't eat anything thank either. Thank you, my lady. Thank you. Um, so uh court sessions, I mean the, the most humiliating I ever had was I mean, my first again, you couldn't do this stuff these days. My first one at Sarri's in ninety-eight was Andy Lee was our fly half, uh does sporting class the sporting class hospitality stuff now. He was the Flea was our fly half and as well as well as Alan or Thierry Lacroix, I can't remember, we had about ten fly halves in about three years there. But Flea was there and I was too noisy for him after a few beers, didn't like it. So he just said, Right, just take all your clothes off and do the rest of the court naked. And that's like a punishment unless you're a bit overweight and always too hot. That was like a treat for me. I was like, thank you very much. I will do that. I'll gladly do that. But the next year, we went on a team trip to Derby, team building trip to Derbyshire and did like making rafts and stuff, all the unoriginal stuff that was original 20 years ago. And I remember a couple of things. One was that we went up on the coach, on the team coach, but Francois Piernard drove his massive S-class Merc that all the premiership captains got. That's a separate story. right? I'll get there. It's not a long story. Basically, Tony Diprose was our captain for years at Sarries, like 10 years, never missed a game hardly. And then one day, Francois just takes the captaincy off him. Francois is like head coach, chief exec, you know, director of rugby, chef, bus driver, everything at Sarries. And then he makes himself captain as well. And we're like, why has he made himself captain? He's given himself more work. We're a good team. Dippy's a really good captain. And then two weeks later, it was announced that all the premiership rugby captains were getting brand new Mercedes S-classes. <laughs> like Frankie rocks up in this massive car. Cheers, boy. Anyway, privilege. So he, he has to leave his camp early. So he drives up and takes a couple of lads with him, takes Julian White with him in the car. And he gets there and he's just getting used to this new car and he's about to reverse into a parking space. And our coach parks in this place in Derbyshire. We're all pissed. We've been on the piss all the way up on the bus. And the lads are pissed in Frankie's car, but he's obviously driving, so he's not. And Julian's like, oh, there is, there's a car behind you, Frankie. He's like, don't worry, Julian. It's a Mercedes Benz. It has sensors. And it, the sensors smash him straight into this car. And he's realized it's not moving. So he puts his foot down and basically drags a Fiat Uno across a car park <laughs> in front of all the lads and ruined his Merc. It was great. Anyway, after, on that trip, all the young lads were stood up and made to bolt pints with eggs in them. And it was like, right, bolt a pint. And I hate bolting pints. Like some people love it. I hate it. Bolt a pint. And I was like, oh, And said, no, not quick enough. And forgot to put an egg in it So do another one. It's like, okay, another one. And I was like, right, I'm going to spew now. And this actually isn't, I was having a really nice time until now. And Rob Thelby's spewing everywhere. Francois I ended up getting fined for crashing his car and he spewed. Everyone's spewing. It's like, this is, this is shit. Like, this is not fun. We all just feel ill. We've got to be up at five running. So it's like, we got back and had a debrief and our little group, in our group, they said we didn't like being forced to drink. And do all this stuff. We wanted to have a good time, not just spew everywhere. So I was the spokesperson for our group, being the youngest and the gobbiest. So I stood up and said, didn't enjoy the the forced drinking and that sort of stuff. Don't need that. We're all grown-ups. That was pre-season. The lads waited a year until the end of season court. And Brendan Reedy, the Samoan prop, the chief, uh, he was like, Fletz, remember you complained about the forced drinking? Well, you're not drinking today, bro. It's like the biggest drinking day of the year, silly Sunday. You're driving everyone. Every year they need to go, bro. So the whole day I was driving everyone and every time someone downed a pint, there was this bucket, a spare bucket full of ice and massive jumbo bottles of Diet Coke. So every time somebody necked a pint, I had to neck a pint of ice cold Diet Coke. <laughs> I tell you what, I would rather have done red wine. We, uh... It was horrendous, absolutely horrendous. I was so, so sick all day and we got to about midnight and I was still ferrying people around. I hadn't had a drop of alcohol and I was spewing. I was driving George Shooter's car. I was spewing in George's car as I was driving pissed lads to the nightclub, sober, it was awful. There was a, I,
3: think it was a, I think it was a year after when we were there and we had to, it was another fancy dress, but you probably had the best fancy dress I've ever seen. You shaved your head with a, with a bick and we had to duct tape a long bit of a big black ponytail down your, your back. You were one of the guys from Kickboxer, was it? Or Tong Po. Tong po from Kickboxer. Anyone amazing. seen Kickboxer? Remember Tong po? He's got a shaved head. He's got, he's got four bits of duct tape across the back of his head and this long ponytail coming down the back. And he's, his, you know, pulled it off really well. But we, got had to the bring, picture somewhere. we had to bring a root vegetable. For some reason, we had to bring a root vegetable. And I, I spent ages, ages looking around for the biggest thing I could find, right? And I found this massive marrow, right? It was huge. And I brought it along with two hands like that. And we got there and the, started drinking and stuff. But the, the rule was that throughout the whole day, throughout the whole drinking session, you had to eat your root vegetable. <laughs> oh fuck it it killed me I had this massive thing like this just but but I did it but one of the other court sessions we in Australia in the 03 World Cup right um, Wales came really close should have beaten uh, England in the in the semi-final but uh, we had a big court session after and a load of the boys got, got dressed up uh, but I had to dress as a sloth believe it or not from the Goonies why? So don't go why, I'm why? Not I don't sure. get it why so, they gave me a T-shirt, a Superman T-shirt. They gave me a little pirate hat and a little sword. And, and every time I wanted to speak, I had to say, hey, you guys. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but luckily, the name didn't stick, all right? I remember going to a Christmas party, and I've claimed this to myself, but whenever, every time I say it, I wonder if I'm misremembering it, and it was actually you, Shanks. But we had to go to our Christmas party at Sari's, and it was great, because some of the older lads were all married off and whatever. There was about 20 of us, the young lads, that were all single, and we used to just get a load of extra tickets printed off in the same colour as the official tickets, go to Eros Nightclub in Enfield and just hand them out to girls. Come along, come along, come along. <laughs> a five pan entry, and there'd be like there'll be 30 girls that no one's ever met turning up from Eros Nightclub to the clubhouse at Bramley Road at Sarri's. It was like who all the wives were like, who are these people? Like, I don't know. Who invited them? Like, who invited them? <laughs> come on in. Go it was genius. But we had to go as a nation of the world. You just had to go as a nation. And I remember going in um, Going slightly better nick in those days, but not much. Going in a G-string and a pair of flip-flops. And I went as Thong Kong. Remember that? <laughs> <laughs> that was it. That was all I wore. And all the players' wives were there. Nigel Ray, the owner, was there with his wife. I remember, I know we're not, you're allowed to swear, good, but Michelle doesn't like us swearing. But I remember him, Nigel Ray, the Sari's owner, saying to me, you really are a wanker, aren't you, David? <laughs> I think I might be, yeah. Anyway, I'm off to Bath. Cheers. <laughs>
0: Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com.
3: Right, we have, to, we on? have to touch on, on Austin Healy, okay? Because you've had a, a massive spat with him over the years. You know, one would think you're probably, all right, mates, close up. Um, uh, no, no. All right, fair enough. Yeah. I mean, I, I try to give you an out there. Um, well done for taking it. Uh, but what a, what uh, actually went on?
4: Well, um, it, it was just one spat, not over the years. It's just one one event um, when I single-handedly beat the British and Irish Lions. Yep. <laughs> uh, yep. You're welcome. And uh, he was on a flight home at the time, like, apparently. So it's not a hard equation is it he's the smallest bloke on the field and so I pick on those ones and then also none of his teammates are going to help him out so (laughs) it was pretty easy Uh, but he he, yeah he's look he's just an annoying little bloke um, that wouldn't go away and he he played Australia played British and Irish Lions and we beat the British and Irish Lions for the first time on that tour in 01 so it gave Australia a bit of bit of energy but it all kicked off when, so kick back in play, Austin Healy slides into a ruck with knees into, a, into Graham Bond's back. And I see that. I blow up, grab him, you're a little such and such, don't do it again, whack, whack. And then um, Brumbies v. British and Irish Lions, he scores an intercept try and is carrying on. So like Red missed Harrison, rolls in, grab him again. Uh, and then third test, uh, I get selected to play my first test you know, in Sydney, we have a, 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 you know, a good match. And then I wake up on the day of the game and apparently he's written some fucking uh, um, article about me here calling me a plod plank and an ape. Uh, and the only, I didn't know anything about it because everyone's like, oh, he's motivated you. I said, like, man, I don't read the paper. I was too busy shitting myself about the test that was about to happen. <laughs> and, and the only time I knew about it was so in the morning I woke up and, uh, which is what you do. Often. You know, to live. And uh, <laughs> I walk out of the hotel, uh, my room, to, to go to breakfast, and there's a big bunch of bananas at, my, at the front of the, uh, on the floor. And I'm thinking, oh, okay, let's go test a procedure for Australia. I've never done it before, but no problem. So I pick up this hand of bananas, and, uh, and, which is more than one banana. And uh, I'm walking down to breakfast eating one of these bananas, and... and uh, Griegs, Todai Kefu, Joe Roff are in the, in the breakfast hall and I walk in eating a banana with holding the others and they start laughing their heads off. You make it, you're such a dick. And I'm like, what? And then, so they had the newspaper spread out on the breakfast table with Healy, um, Healy's um, headline, Ape, you're an ape, plod, and, and fucking plank. <laughs> and Roffey had put bananas at my door <laughs> to have me walk in looking like an ape eating a banana. <laughs> and that's the morning of the test. <laughs>
3: So thanks a lot. I mean, s- so That's more I, sloth than ape. So the,
4: yeah. So then, I mean, the rest is history. They build statues about it. And they talk about it in sporting Australian sporting history, what I did that night. <laughs> some
3: of the toughest opponents you've played against? Give us a little bit of an insight into some of the battles.
4: Um, oh, look, played against, yeah, look, there's various reasons. You know, you knew you knew about angry, hard blokes that were good fighters. You knew about good defenders. You knew about... You know, second rowers that were cerebrally very good. So there's a various various reasons for different people being hard. But
1: I suppose. I'm oh, gonna say, "Goog." Two secs. Pause. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Shanks. Happy birthday to you. Oh, three cheers for Shanks! Hip 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 hip. hip. hip, hip.
3: <laughs> is that a is that a big turd? What well done Michelle? Michelle's organised the cake. Thank you, everybody. I thought you forgot, and I was a little bit disappointed. But do you know the, the saddest thing? Like I remember, is, is it Colin Caterpillar from M&S?
1: Cory.
3: Oh. All oh, right. No, oh, no problem. It's a bird. Gen- it's a bird. Oh no. It's a gender neutral caterpillar. <laughs> I love that.
1: Oh. Oh. It's Joe. Oh. Could be either. <laughs> Is there an E? We don't know, actually. Um, oh, thank you, guys. I know you all chipped in. Thank you very much. Do you know, like, I've got one, a couple of horror, really horrible memories from my childhood. we get back to your story now, Googie. Uh, but one of them is when my, I, woke, I went to see my mum. I was staying with my parents or whatever, and I was a kid, so of course I called staying with my parents. And with my mum for having breakfast, and about an hour in, she's like, Do you know what today is? And I was like, Saturday? She's like, It's my birthday. I was like, Oh, no, she's had to tell me, and I forgot. Shanks did that this morning in the hotel room. It's my birthday today, mate. Oh, it's so sad because I, d- I didn't remember slash didn't give a shit. <laughs> I just want to save the embarrassment
3: of looking at social media and seeing all the posts I've had from um, like Tim Horan and Tom James and Mike Phillips. You know, Barack so. Obama.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Nigel Farage. We went to the same school. Austin. Um, Austin. Gook, Austin. toughest opponents. right? Happy birthday, Tom. Well done. Ha- um, you. you're still alive, oh, so. toughest
4: opponents. There's all sorts of different ones. But I think I, uh, my dad was probably my toughest opponent. <laughs> he was my worst enemy most of the time. You talk about sledging. So, Australian, we're pretty good at sledging, or we used to be when you're allowed to. Um, and probably my upbringing was, you know, I was brought up in the Northern Territory, didn't play rugby until I was 19, all that sort of stuff. So, I'm, uh, you know, pretty good. Um, <laughs> but dad, my dad used to call me Cinderella. And I'm like, I, I was, first I didn't have the courage to ask why, so it just went on for a while. And, uh, and then I finally plucked up the courage to ask him, well, why do you call me Cinderella? And he said, because you're always running away from the fucking ball. But <laughs> well, thanks. Thanks a lot, wanker. <laughs> um, and this, so my dad, will just give you an insight. So, <laughs> and there's two stories to my dad. So we're walking along on a camping trip, father, son, camping trip. We're going to go fishing, do some stuff, you know, make fire. raw, And, uh, and, uh, He's walking along in front of me and there's a whole heap of flies on his back. We're in the Northern Territory, a lot of them up there. And uh, I just do that, just to brush the flies off his back, right? And then I'm cutting shapes along behind him and thinking nothing of it. And I do that. And then I just, this hand, cross, nip, eye. Oh, what was that for? And he said, mate, I'd rather I'm on my back than my fucking face. Because when I brushed all the flies, they all went and all flew around his face. So I learnt a very valuable lesson there. If you see someone with flies on their back, don't fucking do that and think <laughs> you're doing them a favour, especially when it's your dad and he's got a hand twice the size of this. And the second part of this, I'm very fond of my father, as you can tell. Yeah. Uh, so birthday presents. What's the shittest birthday present you think you've ever been given? That cake. <laughs> <laughs> a cake that looks like a shit. Uh, I'll, tell you, I'll give you an indication of my father. So at my 13th birthday, he gave me a dictionary as his present to me. <laughs> that's, that's I swear to God. It was an that's Oxford terrible. concise dictionary, big one that I couldn't even carry around or anything. And in it, he'd, he'd written, in the interests of a well-rounded sentence, Dad. That was it. <laughs> I swear to God. I'm like, surely there's a secret compartment with a set of keys in here or a remote control car somewhere or something like that. Oxford Concise Dictionary. There you go, son. <laughs> Welcome to teenage 13 years old.
1: Jesus. Were, were, you were, were you a
3: planned birth, do you think, or not? <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure. Uh, yeah. I mean, or, I, I, I regretted. like it. I like presents I get from from my kids if they make it. I, I like presents that they make, because then I know it hasn't cost me anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there is but, that. But... Uh, yeah, but uh, your your father sounds like a, a great bloke. Um, <laughs> what country was he former dictator of?
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> He's in prison. <laughs> but Australia obviously in town now, and um, we we we've both got some. We've all got some fond memories of Australia. I remember going out on tour to Australia in 2003. And Wendell Saylor was <laughs> was on the on the wing with Lottie Duker, and Wendell Sailor ends up scoring a try, which I don't know if it's ever been done before in his own dead ball line. Um, manages to run the length of the field and score against Wales. And Martin Williams gets a tap on the back for not allowing him to score into the posts. <laughs> oh, yeah. What a nugget. And then we had Lottie De Keery was on the wing and he'd just come from uh, Rugby League. So the plan was to put it on Lottie De Keery on kickoffs because he's from Rugby League, he can't catch. Uh, so we put it straight on him and he managed to run the ball up to the halfway line. So we didn't do that again. Um, but obviously Wales beat them... Uh, um, last week two weeks ago two weeks ago yep where are australia right nine now? six where yeah that epic try fest where, where are they right rena. now are they, are they in a good place
4: um uh, probably in the hotel, in hotel down the road, mate. Took it in this afternoon yeah
3: oh, <laughs> um, oh wah, look, wah, the, wah. <laughs> um
4: yeah look Australia are australia playing like a team terrified of losing again you know, you know, and the game against Italy was evidence of that. You know, they were always going to win, but they didn't want to lose. So they played a pretty boring game and just knocked out a, a victory. England are on their way back in rediscovering winning form. Australia need to work out who their best 30 players are heading into a World Cup period. So this is probably our last um, decent test uh, without the World Cup just around the corner. We've only got two domestic tests uh, next year. Uh, Argentina and South Afri- uh, New Zealand, sorry, and then World Cup. So this, this test is very important for the structure of the squad and a lot of things that are going to permeate through to June and the start of the, the World Cup next next year. So that can be distracting, but there's evidence of that happening in the team selection. Matt Tamur at 10. We yes. need to find out who our best 10 is. Bernard Foley probably isn't going to be the best 10 for the World Cup, but he needs to be in the squad somewhere. So we need to see what he's going to be like at, at 12 because that'll give him a, sp- a place in that 30-man squad,
3: and he's got a great moustache, just like Bruce over there. It's good good moustache, Spawn it. Well done, you, Dirkie,
1: excellent that. That's uh, proper a nerve little bit, of, that. A
3: bit unsettled this week, isn't it, because of Adam Ashley Cooper and Curtly Beale being an axed from the squad for inviting girls back to their hotel room. Well, it's his sister-in-law
4: and her and her friends for a start. So yeah. really, yeah,
1: keep um, it close. So it's not. So it's not. Invite, it's actually inviting back... He's not Tasmanian. But ...girls <laughs> girls that they know. So it's yeah. not, this is, not, this yeah, is yeah. not out on the pool, everyone's smashed. No, no, no. Oh, so, right.
4: Yeah, I mean, I, my first thought was, what, what were the double dirties doing? These two blokes are starting members of the team. Where are the reserves? Yeah, right? I know. They're, out. they're probably still out. Um, oh, look, it's a storm in a teacup scenario. English media like to beat, beat things up, but there's probably uh, not good that that is an indication that uh, a senior... Playing group have, uh, have put an archaic rule in place uh, and, and made it feel like a schoolboy tour. Yeah. Flasters so yeah. I mean, uh, eating. All Boy, uh, I can't talk
3: now. <laughs> but it, it, it was a senior committee decision, though, wasn't it? Um, you know, they, they've obviously Apparently. Set, they've obviously set rules and they've mm. sort of said, you know, these are rules. If you break them, you're out. They've broken them. They knew the rules. Yeah, I guess so.
4: I mean, as a part. Fast player, you know, there was nothing worse when you're in a, in a team environment having people offer opinions from outside a group. So I don't really know, you know, yeah. we, we, we don't really know the seriousness of it. Clearly something went wrong uh, and, and it's been sanctioned and, uh, you know, I think that...
1: Oh, let's speculate. They're do deviants, do, do, a pair of them. <laughs>
3: do you think a big loss um, losing those two? I mean, I suppose Beal's not been on the greatest of form. No, well,
4: Be- Beal's a bit um, too individual at the moment for the Australian <laughs> play we need to play uh, more uh you know as, as a team you know it's a it's a boring rhetoric, but you know it's team performance that'll get you through test matches and Beale was trying to find too many solutions by himself which is which which i don't know i'll I'll draw a segue into the the danny cipriani debate at the moment um draw one yeah it's All like right. um <laughs> Beal there yeah. and then I'm going into Cipriani yeah. here and then I'm going to bring it back around to Beal. It's a penis um, uh, alright. <laughs> 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 Boobies. Um, you know the, the easy answer to why Danny Cipriani's not in the English squad I think uh, he's not the best 10 in the country. He might be the best 10 for Gloucester but he's not the best 10 for England at the moment. So I don't know why everyone keeps banging on about hey, he's got to be in the team. Why has he got to be in the team? Owen Farrell's better than him. Simple as that. And Danny Cipriani, in the test against South Africa, uh, when they won, did one thing for the team right at the end, put the kick through for someone else to score the try. Up until then, he'd been doing everything for himself. So he's too individual, which is, and now I'm coming back around, pay attention. Here we go. Like, yep. like Beale. So Beal puts the team under too much pressure because he's trying to find solutions by himself. He's an amazing athlete, Danny Cipriani, great player as well. But in terms of the context of what's required for the, both groups of players at the moment, they don't fit into that into that immediate game plan.
3: Pocock's not fit. Um, must be. A, that's going to be a big loss, surely. What is he playing? No. Oh, he's out, is he? Yeah, I think so. I believe so. Is anyone? Yeah, got few. Thank God. Okay. I was Dreaming few. then. Um, um,
4: yeah, I wasn't convinced that 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 um, playing two open sides model was working for us. Um, we did it. In fact, we did it in the World Cup in 2003, so clearly it didn't work then either. George Smith, Phil War started, David yeah. Lyons at number eight. So it's not a revelation. Um, but I think for a while now, Michael Hooper's been unsure of his role in that dichotomy of, you know, on ball or off ball. Does he organise defence? Does he link with backs? He was trying to find his place. And as a result, his captaincy has suffered as well. He's been a confused captain because he's confused about his role in the team when Pocock's on the, on the field. So... Um, I think it's probably a positive. We get to expose another back rower to test rugby um, and yeah. we get to find out if we've got another player who can get into the World Cup squad.
1: I, I keep watching Australia and wondering where Sean McMahon is. Because it's Sean McMahon, isn't it? I always know the surnames. But the wrestler, McMahon, the back... No, no, Sean McMahon's... Oh, Sean McMahon's the wrestler. McMahon, the back rower.
4: Yeah, he's in Japan. He's running, in Japan. earning he... a million yen a minute. Ah,
1: that's why he's there. Yeah, I used always thought, well... I know he's not the most, he's a, we'll a bit like Tiamana Harrison, but at least he's tough to defend and he carries some ball and he's aggressive and he's abrasive and he's all elbows. I sort of think, I wonder yeah, if well, they're I great mean, over the ball, but they need a bit of
4: that. That's the problem that Australia's got. Australia's, Australia every year has probably 300 test caps walk offshore to somewhere else. So we lose a big chunk of our IP and we've got to try and rebuild it again. Mm. You know, rug, rugby now, players still aren't paid enough to, for what they do, I think, Um you were certainly paid too much when you were playing. Oh, God. Um, Here we go. It's amazing that you were paid at all for the shit you used to do. <laughs> no, he played in Wales. they didn't get paid over there. Still don't. In sheep. Sheep and a dental plan. <laughs>
3: uh, Give him free shell suits and trainers <laughs> do anything you want.
1: <laughs> we shag him, you eat him. <laughs> <laughs> a free complimentary course in hot wiring Ford Fiestas. <laughs> anyway, don't be too generalising. Anyway. But uh,
4: yeah, we, we, we have a player drain going on that, that happens every year, so it's a difficult uh, squad to keep together, and yeah, we've got we've got possibly some better players playing elsewhere in the, in, in the world that, that we'd love to see in a Wallaby jersey. The demograph of our, our team has changed as well, you know, it's clear to see that the people populating the jersey now are, are coming from different pathways to what they traditionally came from, so that in itself has a, has a redesign um, necessity. Intellectually, Australia have always been pretty powerful on the field. We've never been the best athletes, except yep. a few blokes. Yep. Uh, but we've always been intellectually very good at making um, good decisions under pressure. And that Australian team at the moment doesn't do that. So when they start to understand how to do that in the last 10 minutes of matches, we'll start seeing some better performances.
3: You didn't have teacup cup though, did you? Like England in the World Cup. Yeah, that's how they won it. Think clearly under pressure. Clive Woodward. Um, Teacup, apparently. So, yeah. What's, um, What's Teacup? Just said it. Think clearly under pressure. Oh, it's an acronym. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, well. in, uh, obviously, the last, <laughs> the last. <laughs> you said that. A golden me. age of
4: broadcasting, <laughs> <right? Yes. laughs> I'm okay. trying.
3: I was trying to say it quickly and move on. All right. But Hang on. You before you move me on, and then Tommy, before you okay. move on,
1: Curtly Beale, I think I played in his debut for. Australia A I think it was his first game because no we'd never heard of him and it was 2010 and we can't remember where we played but it was, on the, good, it was on, on the coast somewhere and we we did our pre-match meal and little warm-up stuff and mental rehearsals in this bizarre like phoenix club working man's club from the 70s wherever it was anyway Curtly Beal played wherever he played 10 or 12 or fullback or whatever and he got the ball after about about 10 minutes and he was one-on-one with me and obviously shat himself and found an extra yard of pace. Anyway, he went round me so easily, straight through the middle and scored. And it was actually quite embarrassing. And that was when I genuinely, that was after the game, Graham Rountree and I was the coach, had a bit of a chat. And he was just like, how would you feel out there? I was like, mate, I just can't move quick enough anymore. And he's like, yep, correct. Correct. You, you, can't. you can't move laterally, forward and back, anywhere. And he danced around me on the way back. Kurtley Bill, as he scored his try, ran back. And he was just laughing. And I think he said something to me like, are you for real, mate? Are you for real? And he was laughing. He looked at someone else and going, is this guy for real? And I didn't know. I thought, you know, you don't quite know what's going on. It was so awkward. I sort of joined in the joke. And I was like, oh, oh yeah. Oh, oh, shit. You mean I'm terrible. That's what you mean. <laughs> That's what you mean. And all the lads thought it was amazing. And one of the lads who <laughs> thought it was really amazing was Lee Mears, the pygmy we had on a couple of weeks ago. And then we played against Aussie A the next week. And they had this... We, uh, we targeted one of their players, one of their new players, because he was tiny. And when they said, he's this, our coach said he's a midget, he's a little midget, and he's quick, but he's a midget. And we said, what? Like, Mirzy's small. And they were like, smaller than Meersy. smaller than Mirzy. Like, no way. There are kids who are bigger than him. So, and it turned out this nobody that we were going to target was called James O'Connor. Anyway, he scored a hat-trick it took him off at half-time. We had ta- he went, and he went round Mirzy like Mirzy wasn't there and basically ended both of our careers that week. It was brilliant. <laughs>
3: We had that was when Steve Hansen, he coached Wales for a, a small period, right? And we're playing in New Zealand, at Hamilton, right? And Steve Hansen said, we're going to beat New Zealand this week, um, 100%. I have faith in, in the Welsh team, we're going to beat New Zealand. And I, I automatically thought, if there's a chance we're going to beat New Zealand in the last 50 years, it's probably going to be at home in Wales, but I'll go with you in Hamilton. And he said, there's a new cap at 12. And we went through the team sheet, and it was Mulyaina at, at 15, and it was Rico Gear at 14, Tana Umanga at 13. New cap at 12. That's who we're going to target. That's the chink in the armor We We're targeting him all day. Up to number 12, Daniel Carter. Okay, first cap in Hamilton. And uh, he went on to score individually 22 points that day and, uh, and actually hammered Wales. But I just think, you know, had it not been for Wales, he probably wouldn't have been the player that he was It's a good point, eh And, um, you know, I'm sure that's going to come out in his book. But if we look at the last five results, okay, against... Um, Against England, you guys lost the fight, lost five uh, on the bounce. But obviously, you had that 2015 win. There's, there's, there has to be a, a certain amount of confidence going into today's game from Australia, surely? Um, oh, only because of what what's been happening to England
4: over the last little while since the Six Nations. You know, and they they've been indifferent in their performance. Um, I, you know, I, I don't ever like to 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 be honest about things. <laughs> But, but um, Australia don't have as powerful a squad as England do today. They're, you know, England bench has got something like 530 caps yep. coming coming onto the field. You know, finishes and all that teacup shit. But uh, I
3: mean, uh, I didn't make it up.
4: <laughs> but uh, I, I just think across the board, England know um, know themselves better than Australia do at the moment, uh, and, and they'll be too. They'll just be too powerful. Uh, unfortunately for us, um, a good result would be a close a close test match. Um, that gives us an, an idea about 10, 12, 13 combination and yeah, whether, sure. whether Israel Flower can do something for the team instead of just catching highballs and trying to offload under pressure. Um, those sorts of things are what we'll be interested in. Will Gennie is playing his 100 uh, today, uh, so he'll be distracted. But, motive, you know, there's all sorts of different emotional things. The Indigenous jersey's coming out again now, so there's, there's all this sort of backdrop of uh, of emotional energy that could either contribute to a galvanizing performance or it'll separate them again and particularly this adam ashley cooper um kirtley beale scenario so adam ashley cooper a veteran brought back into the squad for ip knowledge leadership those sorts of things so even though it's an innocuous event and we know sister-in-law two mates that's there's nothing in that not really yeah well there may be enough in it to disrupt the team a little bit more so you know we're going to have a bumpy, bumpy ride this afternoon.
3: Fatsy or mate, uh, who are you looking forward to? England side, a few changes being made? Uh, well, I
1: like... Have a look at the team. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think <laughs> I think, Ma- think Marrow's actually shown up really well the last few weeks and did a bit of a rescue job for England in that second half. Um, still waiting for... Because you can't expect Ben Teo to have any form because he's hardly played this season. But I think he got better and better against... Uh, South Africa as the game went on, even though the England midfield was really dominated by Deerlande and Creel that day. Uh. But I do think that I'm I'm really keen to see Ben Tier have a good game because you know the, the better he plays, the more front football England are therefore going to have. And then guys like Joe Thock and a singer can really come into it because he's a beastly athlete. And I think if he can get a decent bit of ball and a little bit of space, he could cause some real damage at this level. And also we haven't seen Elliot Daly do anything at fullback yet. And we all know he's a hugely gifted player that you definitely want in the team. But there is it's that argument which is, do we just put our best players on the team and find a position for them, or do we put our best players in each position on the team and there's a big difference. Owen Farrell is England's most important player, but would you put him at fullback just to get him in the team? You wouldn't so actually, you do have to be in a position in which you are comfortable and in which you can produce repeatedly strong performances and be in the right place And I think Elliot Daly hasn't shown yet that he is the answer at fullback doesn't mean he isn't he hasn't shown it yet. And I also, a couple of of interesting ones, obviously Jamie George getting picked ahead of Dylan Hartley is really interesting. It's not a huge surprise either of those guys could start. And I think you look at the All Blacks, you know, they've got two or three guys in lots of positions who could comfortably start. You know, you've got Dane Coles on the bench, wouldn't be surprised if he starts ahead of Taylor and that sort of stuff. So I think that's not as massive as people are making out, except it's the captain who's been left out. Um, but I don't think being a captain means quite as much on the field as people think it does because you've got loads of leaders anyway. The interesting one to me are Ben Moon, just because I really like Ben Moon and really rate Ben Moon as a player. I think he's he's really good. And he, What's his nickname? Mooney. <coughs> Piggy. So, don't know, Sam. actually. It's got to be Mooney, isn't it? Sam. Um But he's, he, Ben Moon's one of those guys, that, and I hope I don't live to regret this, I think you could put him in any game at any level and not see him struggle. I think he's just a super, super competent player. Um but the what one of the one of the ones for me is I've basically listed the whole team. Brad Shields, I've I've watched every game he's played, and I watched his highlights package from Super Rugby before he came over. Lovely offloads, scoring the old try, nailing people with big hits. Have not seen that yet for England or Wasps. Hasn't done it yet. That's right. why. So I'm not saying he's not capable of it. We know he is. He has not done it yet. And for me it is still it remains a surprise that he's in that team. And I think Eddie Jones may well view him as kind of an updated you know, younger James Haskell. So, good bit of power, reasonable over the ball, good in heavy traffic, decent work rate for a heavy guy, and actually quite a useful bloke to have around. But I just think there are guys just, that could have more yeah. of an impact than that.
3: Just quickly, um, uh, Nathan Hughes is fit, isn't he? Just Nate? quickly. You yeah. always say that. Just I know. Quickly. But cause, because the stories are so long, we've got to move on, and we've got yeah. lots of stuff to do. about. Do, you do ever no cares, mate. No do, one you ever, okay, do you ever that? change it
4: up and say just slowly?
1: He's always hurrying me up, all the time. Stop looking at me with those
3: eyes like that when you mm-hmm. say yeah. it. Uh, Mark Wills... <laughs> Take him off. <laughs> I do not have sexual issues with that woman. Shower, um, <laughs> shower, 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 Mark Wilson at number eight. Holding yeah. his place. Uh, he's yeah. had a very decent
4: is campaign. Is he another interesting one for you, Flats? It's having, an interesting having, one. Having, <laughs> having
3: named everyone else is the interesting
4: You'd one. You picked the only
1: player I didn't talk about. <laughs>
3: and we look, we, we do want some questions from, from you guys in a, in a bit, um, but just... That Finish this off. It sounded like, hey, you guys. <laughs> hey,
4: you guy,
1: From you guys. <laughs> uh, 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 Hershey bar. <laughs> so,
3: baby
4: Ruth, actually.
1: <laughs> Mark Wilson, it's no real surprise to anyone that watches uh, all the Prem games that he's doing a really good job. He's, he's like Ben Moon in a way, and you could stick him anywhere. Stick him any t- you could stick him in the All Black starting team, stick him in the Irish starting team, and he wouldn't look out of place because he's big, powerful. He's very, very fit. He's got a very low error count. Therefore, he makes a really good test player, and that's not a surprise. He doesn't have the impact carrying the ball that Billy Vunapola has, but he has a higher work rate. He's got a bigger engine, and he weighs less. He's a big man, but he weighs less, less bulky than Billy. He doesn't have, you know, the acceleration that Zach Mercer has, but he again probably has a higher work rate and has more, does more damage in close. So better in the tight, better defence, stronger defender because he's just bigger, more powerful bloke, and slightly different mindset, a less loose player. So. Mark Wilson is the sort of guy that, if he, this sounds bizarre, like if he were two inches taller, you'd say he's definitely going to go to the World Cup because he could cover more than one position. But he can definitely play in the back row. But then you start looking at guys like Courtney and Marrow, and they can cover back row, second row. And Then you start looking at Brad Shields, and he's actually quite tall. So maybe that guy, at maybe at a push, he could cover the second row. But Mark Wilson will never move into the second row because he's not tall enough. So I just wonder if, and it's not, you know, if everyone's <laughs> he has an injury or two, it might might cost him. Because if everyone's fit, he's probably not a first choice back I mean, well.
3: Now you understand why I say just quickly. Just quickly. Yep. Uh, um, <laughs> <laughs> we're we gonna we get some questions now. Michelle, who just quickly here. guys. What about gonna, what gonna about
4: gonna to, to to Well, how ah,
3: good? Say that's it, a good
4: say story. It. Just, say just quickly. Thank you. <laughs> I think uh, that's going to be interesting. <laughs> well, we've got a question here yeah.
1: that has just been um, tweeted. That was a question. In. That was a question. And it, it says, I've exactly got you asked me what about Tuilagi. I've got a really long answer to that. Yeah. Should I just take my time on it? Who? Tuolangi. You. you said, what about Tuolangi? I've no, got a I really just, long answer.
4: Well, that was, that, no, it wasn't a question. It was, just a food, food. it was just a food
1: for thought. I haven't got an answer anyway. He's really uh, good, hopefully. I've
3: got a, I've got a question here. Um, it says, Tom, how do you think Wales going to get on against South Africa today? Take it really slowly uh,
1: in your answer. Who's that question from? from? Is that from, from Mr. T. Shanklin from, of Tenby? It's from, I don't know who, Warren G., it says. Born and bred in Surrey. Warren G., Born and bred in Surrey, Ms. and Surrey. 70 caps for Wales. What a joke! That's a bit too obvious. It's it's W Gatland.
3: Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think well, I think Wales are going to win today against South Africa. Uh, I think we we went along to the Welsh camp in the week, and you just got a feeling, didn't you, Flas? It was just bubbling along really nicely. No, they, they seemed to be really battered. well managed. Um, it was it was really nice that none of the players came up as well and sort of disturbed me while I was eating to say hello. You know, they respected me, which is really good. Uh, but uh, you look at the team. I think uh, you lose with Lee Halfpenny's not playing, which I still can't believe wasn't cited. I think it was Karevi. Karevi, yeah. Charged him down. Uh, Liam Williams is at 15, and we saw how devastating he is as an attacker. Uh, we saw that with the Lions. So how you? Okay. So so I think Wales so are going to win.
4: How ha- how does someone, oh, when they leave their up. feet, change the laws of physics and stop levitate? and then not collide with someone when they've tried to charge. Spoken by someone who's been in many disciplinaries over the
1: years. (laughs) So
3: charging a kick down, for me, is fine. But then you cannot just turn your shoulder and brace yourself to hit a guy that's going to be exposed with your shoulder. Now, if he'd charge it down, and he'd he'd led with his hands, put his hands up to try and stop, because he knows he's going to hit Lee Halfpenny. So
4: Yeah, Yeah, but you're... Okay, so, so human nature it's a natural instinct and it's very difficult to override fight or flight and survival instinct. So, when you're mid-air, okay, I'm, I'm actually going to hit. So now, your brain has to tell you preservation. So what's he supposed to do? Just face it, like just go, yep, yeah, well, I'm going to hit him full frontal face no. on and smash my jaw to pieces so I don't get uh, yellow carded or I'm going to be protective of my organs and body and this is a collision that's going to hurt.
3: Well, human nature um, instinct for me so well, I just like the way you chuck those in. Extra chromosome. Make it, sound, make it sound like it's technically correct. Um, <laughs> Don't you think? He's, he's got to have responsibility for the player who's charging the ball down because he knows he's going to hit him. And Good. for me, you, you can't just turn his shoulder. And it wasn't, it wasn't close to being a charge down either. He's gone for it. He's jumped. He's turned his shoulder. He's mm. cracked Lee Harp and he's straight in the jaw with his shoulder. There's been a massive collision. For me, if you charge down a kick like that, you have to have your hands up and you have to have... There has to be some element of safety for the player you're charging down. Okay, so the problem you
4: have is that he turned his shoulder. What if he doesn't turn his shoulder and he just... Then he's not going to hit hit Lee Halfpenny. He's going to have his hands. He face butts him and still breaks his jaw. Is that not a card?
1: That didn't happen, so you can't shoulder. say that. You know, it's yeah, good. When, when it comes to high tackles, this, this whole thing, Shanks has got ODD, he's got oppositional defiance disorder. <laughs> he waits for someone else to state there and he just goes against them. I don't know why he does it. I don't. He needs to go to dog balls. I, ball don't. It's I just still weird. don't. I still anyway. don't
3: think um, Owen Farrells was a legal tackle. I thought it was fine. Not fine, go. but it was on the cusp of. Here we go. Of being legal. Right. Questions, Michelle. Let's go. Let's go. Put your hands up if you'd like a, a question from Michelle. She, she will give a kiss to anyone who's going to ask she does as actually. Well. You know
1: She always does that. And they sometimes don't want it, but they, she does it anyway.
4: I think we're probably a sign that we've been so informative and complete in our delivery today. There's nothing, no stone left unturned. Yeah. So everyone's you, just going away with a very good idea about it. Uh, you, ma-
1: you, get, you get to a point sometimes when you do stuff like this with microphones. We've got a question at the front here, Mish. Is that when, no, when you first start, you think and no one asks a question. You're like, oh, God, this is awkward. Or if you tell something you regard as a joke and no one laughs... It's like killer because you feel like a stand-up comedian and no one's laughing.
4: You guys are used then to you that. Do,
1: yeah, you do get to a point where you stop being bothered about that. And then you get to a point, if you're really lucky, that you quite enjoy the awkward bits, even when you're up here. So I was enjoying that until you put your hand up. Anyway, what's your, what's your name? Where are you from?
4: Uh, I'm, I'm David from London.
1: Is that, is hang on, is that mic on? Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. David from London. David from London? Hi, yeah. David. Okay, what uh, part of London? Uh, Brixton. Brixton? Edgy. Yeah. I like uh, Brixton. Yeah, when you Bri- walked in, I didn't think Brixton. I'll be honest, Chief. I thought, <laughs> I thought Oxfordshire new, 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 well, by way of the Plough new, Pub. New Wave Brixton, yeah. Yeah, New uh, Wave. Uh, what do you do, Dave? Uh, I'm an insurance broker. Are you? Why?
4: Yeah. <laughs> so I can pay to come to events like this. Nice. And,
1: <laughs> yeah. and I notice you've got, you've got a signet ring on your pinky finger. You are from good stock, aren't you?
4: Uh,
1: short and wide, we all are. Yeah. You, didn't, you didn't, with that pinky ring on... You didn't... I like it. This you is been going on the pod, is it? I'm going to get ruined. No, 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 of course not. What's, what, David, what's your surname? What's your surname, David? Uh, I'm, uh. And these guys wonder why no one wants to ask a question. <laughs> I know. I know. But with that pinky ring, you did not grow up in Brixton, did you? I did not. Where'd like, you grow up? Uh, Norfolk. There you go. I wasn't far <laughs> off, was I? I wasn't far off, oh, Dave. Uh, anyway. What's your question, um, mate? Thanks. Thanks, guys. And <laughs> um, <laughs> Good luck, by the way. Um, does Quade
4: Cooper have a place in this Aussie team? Do you think? Does he have a place? Yeah, should uh, he be in the Aussie team? Uh, oh no, not at the moment. He's not. He's not. The, he's not the best attacking ten in the country. Although we are trying to find one clearly. Uh, but he's gone through a different um, trajectory in his career. At the moment, he's probably appreciative, appreciating that uh, outside in is not a good position of place to be when you're a test test player. So he's re-signed with Melbourne Rebels. I think he's a great, gr- a great. Um, Skillful player, but again, individual. You know, always you always I always come back to you know and the thing I miss most about playing sport is that team environment, putting yourself under extreme pressure and leading the line with a group of blokes you trust. And I think Quade became a little bit untrustworthy in his focus and and what he was trying to do off the field rather than on it. Uh, but it, he seems to be much more mature now. Some discussions that I've been lucky enough to have with him in in passing. Um, he. He sounds like he's got his, got his goal set uh, better designed than it was before. You know, all the boxing, Sonny Bill Williams, tweeting, all that shit. Uh, I think he's, he's boiled that off now and, and started to concentrate more about being uh, a player for an Australian side in a team and operating inside that team.
1: Did you, have you seen the little highlights clips of him playing in that... I don't. I actually forgot the name of it. Not well, it's not NPC. That's, that's New Zealand, isn't it? Mickey Mouse Cup, whatever it is. But he's playing. I've seen it, yeah, NRC. I mean, mm. N- yeah, unbelievable skills. It's sick, isn't it, Dave? It's sickness, sick. Dave. Isn't it? There we are. Yeah, um, minute, Dave. We got any other questions? Yes. Yeah, we have. Is a question at the bar. Hi, I'm Terry uh, from Liverpool. Terry, I tell you what. You do not meet a lot of Terrys anymore. How many? How many people? Do you reckon are called, have been, how many babies in the UK, male presumably, have been called Terry in the last 12 to 18 months? I reckon, I reckon it'd be fewer than 100 in the last, don't you reckon? Yeah, I'd agree.
3: It's Is that, yeah, Ra- it's a great name tell. Is that Ralph Lauren top you are wearing? Can't okay. tell. Is that a Ralph Lauren top you are wearing? I can't tell. <laughs> <laughs> From New York.
1: <laughs> Teddy. Um, Terry's chocolate orange, go and, on. And it's a name, Terry's a name that really suits the Cockney accent, because then you tell. Or oh, are you a scouser, by any chance? Yeah. Yeah, so Teddy. It's perfect, isn't it? It's absolutely perfect. So welcome.
3: Thanks. Uh, so you guys, I think, have all been involved with the Barbarians over the years. Yeah. yeah. Captain. Captain Robin.
1: Um, yeah, that Made that up.
3: With, <laughs> with the issue of player welfare and the amount of games people play, do you think there's a future for it? Is it just a step too far?
4: <laughs> so, the, so, so the Barbarians is always the, the players look forward to it. Right? Um, but, and then so, when they started talking about player welfare, 30 games a year, all that sort of stuff. So the Australian camp, so spring tour, normally that barbarians test is on after and you're given the opportunity to play in that match or not. But, um, players are like, we're only playing 30 games a year and that'll fall outside your your um, quota. You can't play it. And so the bloke, all of a sudden, the players conveniently thought, no, no, I've got another game in me. You know, I can make myself available. So, I absolutely believe that things like the Barbarians, British and Irish Lions, uh, um, touring groups of of players brought together from different regions and and different rugby-playing nations. I think absolutely there's a place for it. Having played in the Barbarians in 08, when we we beat South Africa, they just won the World Cup. Of course we did. Yep, you know, boom. And uh, I'd spent my envelope by Tuesday. It's Uh, It's a bond we'll always have. But I I definitely think it's got a place. I think it's one of those... um, The thing about rugby is bottom bottom to top and top to bottom, there's a place for everyone, uh, and women increasingly so now as well. It's the fastest-growing sport in the world, women's rugby. Um, So I think that we we need eyeballs and and money and that commercial model, but we also need that amateurism, which the Barbarians has. Players get together in an environment for a week and they really get back to why they play rugby which is the enjoyment and camaraderie and mateship and, and the global aspect of, of that model. So I, I'd be really, really disappointed if that didn't have a place in the rugby calendar anymore.
3: I think as long as the, the right insurances are in place as well for injury, because for, yeah. I mean, that, that plays a big part as well. You know, It's, it's going to be a tough game wherever you play for the Barbars. But it'd be, it'd be horrible to see that go, because it's still part of history. Mm. Um, there's, still, there's still room for it. You've still got a lot of talent come over. A lot of it is filled up with... Foreign players now, but you know we've seen they do have some great results as well. So it's important.
1: I just think if you if you ask the players about player welfare, then you know are they you know you ask someone who gets hit high or are you concussed do you want to play on or kind of it their their opinions respectfully become irrelevant. And we were the same when we were players because you just want to go and have the best crack and you want to carry on and play on. So you actually the only opinions that really matter when it comes to player welfare are the medically qualified and the expert, they're the ones that really matter because players will never take care of themselves because they're maniacs. So by nature, so asking the players if they want the bars to continue, they will all say yes, but that's not the point. I think if you ask actual experts, should this still exist, I still think they would say yes because although it's an extra game here or there, I think the benefits of something like an experience of the bars by a mile, outweighs It's a life the experience risks. as well. And yeah. it's,
3: it's not like a hard training week at all. You know, when you're playing internationally, you, you've got no, it's to train a so to. hard all the way. You know, you go out, you train in Hyde Park, and, you know, the forwards, you know, they, they <laughs> bloody push in the line outs, jump in the scrums. And then um and then you have, like, club sandwich and chips as a sort of pre-match meal with apple pie for afters. So it's it's a proper social event. And, Did you and, say uh, that, that really on purpose?
4: Like, Pushing the line outs? Jump in the scrums? Did you...
1: Did you mix that I up? I think that's one of his on, jokes. On I think purpose. it's one of his jokes.
3: Yeah. Right. It's layered comedy, mate. <laughs> <laughs> and have we got any other questions, Michelle?
1: you have got one there in the Worcester Warriors shirt. Okay. No, no. <laughs> uh, Mark from Hereford. Hello, Mark. Uh, um, as a long, I know we should be talking international rugby, but as a
3: long-suffering Worcester Warrior, I'm seriously, after a bit of advice, I'm thinking of going and get myself a premiership um, rugby final ticket after the performance yesterday, and getting a nosebleed with where we are in the table. Should yeah. I also be booking some rooms for the Premiership final?
1: What well, to what? Well, you can go to the Premiership final. You won't be watching your team, Flats. <laughs> flats,
3: Flats. Just, just. I just want to point out, right before you rip into him, he's from Hereford, so.
1: Yep, noted. Yeah,
3: all right. There's a red dot on you.
1: Yeah, no problem. I think you're right, sir, and I respect you, and I thank you for your contribution. <laughs> Your contribution, you and your brothers, uh, your comrades, for keeping our country safe. Okay, thank you very much. And Worcester are going to win the World Cup. And I okay? love
3: your work on the Iranian Embassy, so well done. <laughs> um.
1: <laughs> no, no chance. By all means, go and have a nice day. I remember, there's, I, I never know if this is true or not. I, I've asked a few people uh, that were there at the time, and they've told me it's true. And you shouldn't, he's not here, but Pete Richards, who played scrum half for London Irish, and he went around a couple of different clubs. Dick Best was head coach at London Irish and Pete Richards was trying to negotiate a new contract, and Dick didn't like speaking to agents. He always wanted to speak to the player first. So evidently, Dick got him in, into the office and said, What's your, what are your thoughts for next season, Pete? And he said, well, I'd like to play. He said, how much would you like to play? Whatever he's in, how much? I'd like to be involved. How much would you like to be involved next season? He's like, I'd like to be involved in every game. He said, you'd like to be at every game? He said, then I suggest you get yourself a fucking season ticket, because you will not be getting a contract. <laughs> I really, really hope that's true. I bet it's not, but, but it now is. Lovely questionnaire it. from Andy McNair. I think we're going to wrap
3: up for a bit. We're, we're going to stay around for a little bit. So um, if you do want to have a little chat, feel free. Approach us, no problem. Approach with care with this one. Uh, but on, on behalf of Guinness and the Bear Pub to thank you very much for turning up. Enjoy the game.
1: And Justin, and Justin. Thank you, Justin. And thank Yay. you all of you. Thank Goodbye. You.